This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. (laughs) Not knowing who we are and that there's a doorway to freedom We continuously suppress spirit inside us with our intellect, pondering our pasts. The whys, the how-comes, the what-ifs and if-onlys. Trying to figure out why whatever happened happened to us and not to someone else. We try our level best to figure out what we did wrong to deserve what happened. Unbeknownst to us, we make what happened to us bigger than who we really are, and subsequently say no intellectually to a life that we could live with so much more expression and happiness. Truth resides deep within. Valeria Tellis interviews Jan Hobla, the author of Get the Hell Out of Your Own Way, Tips and Tools to Heal Your Past and Create the Life You Love. Jan Hobla is a life and transformation coach. He believes that genius is underpinned by self-esteem and uses concept to help his clients define their unique self, accept themselves, and then transforms the results to its highest potential. Jan is also a cognitive behavioral therapist, psychological kinesiologist, spiritualist, and teacher, using all his gifts coupled with neurolinguistics to give a consolidated experience of just how amazing his client is. Additionally, Jan is a public speaker and enjoys connecting with audiences on various heart-centered and life-changing topics. His transformation courses are designed to help people grow into the best version of themselves and can be accessed from anywhere in the world. Meet Jan at limit-lesslife.com. Here's the interview with Jan Holdla. In your own words, who is Jan Grobler? Interesting question, Valeria. I am a passionate person, and my passion is for the human life. I absolutely adore the human life, wanting everybody to succeed, wanting everybody to be their best selves, and that's who I am. It's in my core, everything about me is I'm a lover of the human life. I want the best for everyone. When you say you wanted the best for the human life, the way you say it sounds almost like you have discovered this as a purpose of your life. Would you call it that? Yes. Yes, it's it's absolutely my passion. It's my purpose. It's what I do every day. It is so rewarding. I love seeing people making changes. I love, love, love seeing the results coming out. I love the transformations I get to do. It is 
it mobilizes me, it energizes me. I just don't get tired. <laughs> I love doing what I'm doing every day. It's finding that meaning that drives us forward, drives us to do, it's not really do our best, but just be who we are really, right, in a way, going back to that essence. Exactly. You know, I come from a corporate banking background and um, I've discovered this transformative path in my own life. So when I speak to people, I can believe in them because I know there was so many times in my life that I couldn't believe in myself. And discovering this path, the commitment I made once I started to understand what just happened to me and with me and for me and through me, I started committing to, to that for every single person I get the opportunity to help. And um, even when they can't believe in themselves, yeah. I just say, I believe in you. I believe in who is breathing you. I believe in your purpose. I believe that you are here for something greater, and I'm going to do my best to show it to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely something that I left the corporate banking world for to do on a permanent basis, loving every second of it. That's wonderful. So it comes from experience, these understandings you have now and the way you live your oh, life, yes. right? Oh, absolutely, Valeria. It's, it's, it's personal experience. I mean, I before my journey started, I was on the verge of a second attempt of suicide. Right. Today, I'm completely free of depression. Today, I help people with all sorts of emotional issues, depression, physical healings, you know, anxiety, transformation in terms of their purpose, finding their purpose, finding their passion and driving it, you know, dreaming big and manifesting those dreams. And and I love it. I always say, I said to a friend of mine the other day, he had the perception that I was this holy person when he met me. And he then discovered I wasn't just reading chapter one of my book, revealed, you know, my path. And I'm by no means perfect, but I'm as perfect as I can be in my imperfection. Mm. And that's just driven by love, by passion. Mm. I'm a humanitarian at heart. You know, I'll I'll get up at night and go and help somebody. That's who I am. One thing that I, I found by interviewing so many people, when I ask about what is life all about, what's the purpose of life, I hear that over and over again to help others keeps coming back as an answer. Mm. That's interesting. I wonder if that goes back to the highest spiritual teachings, which says that everything is connected. The other is you. It's not separate from you. There's no separation. Correct. Correct. You know, we want heaven to come to earth. It needs to come to us and through us. And, you know, if you think of heaven as the frequency of abundance, Mm. And you think of that unconditional love, then you cannot get it and give it away freely if you are not aligned with that frequency. Because ultimately you need to be aligned with the same frequency so that you can get that same love that is available to you. You know, most of us in this world want a better life, but many, many live in fear. They don't want to tune into the frequency of abundance. And the frequency of abundance is unconditional love, starting with yourself, accepting yourself, loving yourself, 
And that's why I say loving yourself in your perfect imperfections. I mean, it's, it's what makes the human life worthwhile. So true. I have been exploring the idea of unconditional love. And I'm asking, I guess, different questions these days. I'm very passionate too, or used to be, still am at that level of, on self-love because that's the beginning. That's really the foundation. Absolutely. But when it comes to unconditional love, uh, I wonder if we can really embody and live that, Jan. What does it look like to love unconditionally? It's a journey. Right. It, it is really a journey. My journey started with fixing it. As I fixing it, it sounds so... Mm, yeah almost unreal, but I had to fix year seven of my childhood development. If you look at the human mind, the first seven years of development is crucial for every single child. See, we come into this world with a perfect, perfect blueprint. And if I can take you through the stages very quickly, year one is the sensory development of the child. Year two is attachment. Year three is emotional regulation. Year four is behavioral regulation, and then it's dissociation and cognition, and eventually year seven is self-concept and identity. And so what I've found through the years of working with beautiful people is that we all start with year seven. And as you journey back, you journey back to all the other six years. I mean, month seven, day one in the womb, your subconscious mind, your nervous system is completed. It's completely developed and you start receiving sensory messages. And what you do is you feel what your mother feels, you believe what she believes and you make it yours. Your mind is not developed enough. You can't inductively think and say, this is not about me, this is my mother. Right. You know, so I felt that in the womb, and trust me if I tell you, I've been back into the womb three times under hypnosis, beautiful, beautiful therapies to help me to disconnect from my mother's feelings. It was her marriage. It was her self-esteem. It was her love, love life that looked like that, and I made it mine, and it affected my whole life. So to answer you, very long answer, very short, to make it very short in the end. It's a journey. It is getting to know how not to judge yourself. So that makes so much sense to me. Even not going through the process you speak of, um, those healing, the developmental stages, that resonates true because self-acceptance and no judgment towards ourselves, we're expanding to not judging anyone. Exactly. And, you know, if we judge ourselves, Valeria, the fact is we will give that judgment away mm-hmm. to others. True. Blocking <laughs> our own prosperity, blocking our own abundance. You know, to, to quote the word of words of Jesus back in, in, in Matthew, he said, there's a scripture that says, unless you become like little children. And I read it from a transformation perspective. You need to go back to that child life. Mm. that deep love, that value. No baby comes into this world with a perception that they're not good enough. Right. No right. baby comes into this world with bad self-esteem. True. We taught those things in the first seven years of our lives. We never taught our value. And the world is now moving into a place where we start to see more and more that when you heal those first seven years, that inner child 
is then healed. And Jesus said, unless you become like little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is, is heaven right now. It is in this moment. Heaven is a place where we live every day. The alternative is hell. So and true. it's based on fear. So, yeah, that is my journey. That is where I found myself starting in year seven and then working my way back. And, and I'm not professing to being completely healed. I'm not professing to being perfect. What I am professing to is that it's a journey. And the more you work, the more the results. And I'm glad you said that uh, about being perfect or being healed, a destination, because it seems like we are, the mind's constantly looking to get somewhere and stay there. And this is not what life, it seems like this is not about. It's constantly moving and changing, uh, parts of it, of course. But then uh, when I think, when I connect that with unconditional love, then it makes sense. Because if you understand unconditional love, then you also accept imperfections. You embrace at all. You embrace everything. Correct. The right? human mind wants the end goal. Right. You know. Yeah. It's Results, like we transform yeah. a certain area of our life and we're so result-driven that we forget to just enjoy this moment. This is the holy instant. This is what we have. You and I, mm, this yeah. is what we have right now. Nobody has promised tomorrow. We can hope for it. We can dream about it. Mm. But what if we never get there? Then we've missed all the beauty of this holy instant, this beautiful moment, we, you and I get to just sit back and share life, share the essence of life. Right. You know, there's so much to be missed outside of the current moment, the present moment. That's all we have is now. Then even if we don't get to do that, if we are all over the place and never get to really enjoy the moment and see the beauty of this dream, it's okay too, isn't it? It is okay. But I, you know, I'm one of those people that just say there's no way <laughs> that I will be happy with regret. Mm, yeah. Well, what yeah, I want is yeah. to not regret. I want to live fully. And that's why, you know, my book, Get the Hell Out of Your Own Way, Tips and Tools, to heal your life and create a life you love. Um, chapter one is about the living dead. That's yeah. what I call it. Yeah. You know, and I quote Benjamin Franklin there, if I may. He said, most people die at the age of 25, but are not buried until they're 75. Mm. And I refuse to only live breathing, not feeling, not growing, not expanding, not finding out how amazing my blueprint is, not adding any value or little value. I, mm. I can't do that. Right. And I find that so many people are literally zombies. They breathe, their bodies are alive, but they don't live. You know, and living really is that, that essence of giving away your genius, loving the next person. Mm. And the more you love, that's the beautiful thing. The more you love, the more love comes back to you. It's amazing. True. So true. Yes, I guess what I was hinting to or trying to get it with the unconditional love that covers everything, doing, being, mm -hmm. not being, whatever happens, just 
is life itself and that's okay. It's just that judgmental idea that when we are doing this, like you are living life the way, not even the way you want, but the way you have opened the door to the invitation of life itself just running through you and just speaking its message. Because it sounds like to me, like that's what it is that you're coming from. I'm talking to life itself and not young in a way. Yes, yes, yes. Because, you know, everyone is a mouthpiece of life itself. Yeah. Yes. Your spirit, source, life, call it what you want. Right. That all-encompassing life energy speaks through every soul that's grounded and that's in love. And you can hear ego speak. You can hear fear speak. And, you know, one of my coaches once said to me, you're coming from love. There's a difference in you when you come for love. Mm-hmm. For love does not sound so good. It hurts. But from love is understanding. Mm. It's giving up your own opinion of how things should be, being willing to form an understanding of the other person. Where do they come from? And it's it's compassion. It's having compassion that that person can only come from their perspective. It's a programmed perspective. When I, I think about unconditional love, I think about that everything is perfectly imperfect, as you said. Everything. Everything. You know, I had a young man today in my office, and um, he's 23, resorted to a criminal life because he started rebelling at the age of 11, 12. He sat in front of me, and I saw that guy open up because life rejected him. Life judged him, you know, human life. Yeah, mine. And when he sat in front of me, and I said to him, you know what, I'm here to love you through this. I'm here to see the good in you. I see that you've been made perfectly. You can't see it, but I'm here to hold you in love and not to judge you. He moved close on the couch. He sat up, he started making notes of what I was explaining to him. The same guy was minutes before that, a closed book. He didn't respond, he just sat there. Very, very angry, and the anger just went away. Love Valeria changes everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Literally. The yes. toughest person will change and respond to love in a beautiful way. And that's what will make this world a better place. So you wrote the book, Get the Hell Out of Your Own Way, Tips and Tools to Heal Your Past and Create the Life You Love. So talk to me about the main inspiration to write the book. Yeah. My own healing, you know, my own healing path and then codifying that into what worked for me. And, and I started working, you know, in a very small office at home after I was helping people in the same way with the same process that I've been through. You know, and it, yeah, it yeah. just came. It's like life gave these downloads right. to me. I said, right. I want to put it in a book. I want to put tools in there so that people across the world, everywhere across the world, get to read it, get to do these tools in the comfort of their own homes and get to heal themselves. And so the book is is literally inspired by so many clients that at that stage when I wrote it and I gave it out last year, October 10th, had amazing transformations. I mean, 
amazing. Babies got born. The doctor said to the to to the mum, you know, you'll never have a baby. We've done all tests. You bear your womb. There's something wrong. And that little boy is walking almost. Wow. <laughs> so many business transformations. People that felt unfulfilled in business. I'm just thinking of the top of my head. A beautiful young lady that thought she will never get the perfect guy. She's getting married soon. You know, there's so many, so many, so many stories that comes out of this transformation, life coaching path. And and I just put it in the book and I made it very, very raw. I mean, chapter one literally is so raw yeah. uh, because I decided I'm going to take away that perfection thing right. that, right. you know, people think you must be perfect. That's that's what, what media shows to us, that perfection thing. I just took that out and went very raw with who I was, where I came from. And that chapter, so many, so many clients phones me, mails me, contacts me on Facebook, on Instagram, the moment they reach out one of the book because they say, I can relate. I thought I'm alone and I'm not. I can relate. I can so relate. I never thought you also did drugs. I never thought you also felt so unfulfilled. I never thought you also felt guilty for for hurting other people, you know? And that that rawness, that connection point, that relativity is is where I started the book. And then it just beautifully went into the whole process that I put into the book. So literally if if you read the book, it's it's purely my process. It, I use all religions in there that I'm familiar with. I come from a Christian bra- background, but I debunked the religious aspect of it and showed the transformation, the deep love in the book for us. You know, but I also quote, you know, other spiritual practices in there and, and amazing, amazing, amazing thought leaders. So, yeah. Talk to me for a moment about this idea of genius that is connected to self-esteem. How do you connect these two ideas? If you look at your genius, your blueprints, human being, you know, I always say to my clients, and if, if you look at the conception process, there's an egg and there's a little Olympic seed swimmer that swims to that egg, merges. In that moment... There's no heart, there's no blood flow, there's no lungs, there's nothing. Speak to any physician, they'll tell you this little being that you call a child right. is born still. It's, you know, it's malfunctioning in, in a, in a medical, from a medical perspective because right. there's no blood flow. So there's a life force coming into that moment. And then people say to me, it's magical. It is magical. How many times did you have unprotected sex? You never felt pregnant. So life itself Mm -hmm. is a beautiful, beautiful gift. And the the genius mind is is the subconscious mind Mm -hmm. of the human life. That your programming is much like my laptop. If I don't update the programs, and I don't have a virus program on there, I can smack the screen and hit the keyboard all I like, (laughs) but it's not going to work because there's a malfunctioning program in there. So we need to literally uninstall, find and uninstall those old programs and then reinstall the truth. And the truth is freedom. You know, and that's your genius. it's, it's, It's amazing when you start to understand you're designed for success. 
Right. And when I say success, people think financially, but it's all areas of your life. You designed for that. Your blueprint is that. But you've unlearned how to get there. You've never been taught how to get there. And what I found is the moment you find love and acceptance for yourself, the moment you can say, not cognitively, not from an ego, from a left brain, but from a heart space, I am enough. I'm good enough. I'm worthy. I love myself. I believe in myself. That very moment, your genius starts to wake up because you become a vibrational match with the source of all life. And that is abundance. And that abundance can be downloaded now. But it cannot come to a bitter heart. It cannot come to a heart that's filled with resentment for itself and then for the rest of the world around us. And that brings me to the question about coming to this point of self-exploration, of looking for help, going through the healing journey, the healing process. Why do so many of us choose to do it and most of us don't? Do you wonder? I, I wonder, and I have my own theories about, <laughs> about that. I, I do think it is, a, it is a belief that was formed over so many, so many decades and millennia that we cannot change. Because every time you attempt to change something, eventually you give up and you start to believe <laughs> that healing, abundance, prosperity, you know, is not available to me. Right, right. And I found that in my own life that was true. I mean, Larry, I'm shamelessly saying to every of my clients, and I'll say it on air right now on this podcast, I've been on every couch in my city. <laughs> Psychology knows me. Psychiatry knows me. Religion knows me. There's not a pastor, a preacher that did not lay hands on me trying to get the devil out of me. The devil was in my thoughts. You know, that was the attack, was in my mind, what I believed about myself. And I had nothing to do with it. Right, right. But yes, I had everything to do with it. I needed to believe and to keep believing. And I always say, finding is reserved for the seeker. You will not... You, you will do yourself the biggest disfavor to give up on yourself. If you try it a hundred times, I encourage you try a hundred and one times. Because before you know it, every seed you plant, it's invisible. That process happens under the soil. All you need to do is nurture that seed. Give it sun, give it water, give it fertilizer. And I promise you, one day you'll sit in the shade of that tree. But you will not sit there if you give up on the seed. And no seed is planted today, and tomorrow there's a tree. It just does not work like that. Transformation does not work like that. Diamonds comes from immense pressure over years. from oh, a piece of charcoal, heat and pressure. So if you think about it, transformation in its own beauty is a process of first you have to unlearn the, the lies that you believe. And that's really painful because you almost start to question your own identity because oh, yeah. it's all you knew. Oh, and yeah. then you need to relearn the truth about you. And the truth is you can choose whatever you want. It's yours. Right. Everything you want is yours. 
but it cannot be yours unless you believe it. And so that sense of deserving, that deep, deep belief that I'm not going to fail, I'm going to keep looking, I'm going to keep knocking, I'm going to keep doing the work, that then yields a wonderful result. And I mean, these days, we have beautiful disciplines and therapies that I combine with coaching that is quick, it's effective, you very, very quickly start making that transformation. Um, because I, I transform in the subconscious mind. Because we learn as adults with repetition, we're not children anymore, that had that window of opportunity to learn very quickly. So it's available, but you have to believe it. And I think the world gave up because they tried so many times. So many of us give up because they tried and tried, it didn't work. And now they start to form a belief that. I'm just different. It'll never work for me. It's yeah. not available to me. And that is the biggest lie, the biggest lie, because it is available to you. You need to keep believing in yourself. Reach out, listen to spirit, do the work. Talk to me for a moment about vulnerability, asking for help, mm. being strong enough to do that. Mm. I, I, you know, I love Brene Brown. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> She's just yeah. an amazing soul. I learned so much from her. Yeah. And one thing that I've learned is vulnerability is holding up the mirror to yourself saying, all right, what have I got to do with this? That's yeah. the first question. What is life trying to show me that I need to unlearn? Especially when you start mm -hmm. to attract the same thing. I always say to my clients, same movie, different cast, absolutely the same storyline. It tells you there's something that you need to heal. And being vulnerable is looking inside for the solution. Because blame, like Renee says, and I quote it in the book, is a way to shift responsibility. For 42 years, I've blamed my parents. So true. It didn't change anything in me. I needed to look within me and see, but Jan, you're not that little boy anymore. Right. You get to choose who you want to be. And only then did the change come. When we look for salvation outside of us, it's not sustainable. Mm. It never it's is. inside right. of us, yeah, absolutely. It's inside of us. And we just need to be vulnerable enough to say, okay, I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit with sores. I'm going to check within me. I'm going to look for what it is that I need to learn in this process. What do I need to give up? What belief do I hold on to that I need to give up to step into fullness? Yeah. Yeah. And then if we're vulnerable with ourselves, mm -hmm. it becomes so much easier to attract a vulnerable coach to you right. that's so right. vulnerable that will hold you no matter what. Right. No right. matter what. So, so true. Yeah, I really believe that, that this is a missing piece in our lives, just being more vulnerable and open, just open. I guess vulnerability comes with the courage to be open to others and to life itself. So it happens, like you say in your book, the title is beautifully, just so we can get out of our own way. That's what we do. We block everything. Yeah, we create our own hell. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you use that word, right? For sure. <laughs> For sure. I'm sorry. It's so provoking. Yeah, it's and it's true. We do. It yeah. We yeah. do. 
So we're almost at the end, and I have so many other topics here from the chapters in your book. I love the chapter three when you say, I literally forgot how it felt to have fun, how to dream about good things in my life. And I think that's what you also you referred to when you quoted somebody else, Benjamin Franklin, about um, dying at 25 and being buried yeah. later on, right? 75, yeah. And um, chapter four, I love the insights about the power of thought, uh, belief yes. systems and all that. Yeah. Um, wow, and that's a, a realm that, yeah, I love, love that chapter because I know how true that is, holding on to ideas, false ideas, basically. Yes, yes. For every dress rehearsal, there will be a show, meaning yeah. uh, we are suggestible. So we suggest to ourselves things about life, about ourselves, and our mind's always listening. It's got no sense of humor. It just executes. <laughs> no sense what of humor, right. <laughs> exactly. So true. So if you tell yourself, I'm so bad, true. I'm ugly, <laughs> I'll never be, the mind says, okay, cool, bring him, bring her more of that. And that's, that's literally the mistake that we make. We cannot, mm. I think, as a, as a collective, we struggle to understand the power of our words. We create with our words. We are creators in bodies. I have been reflecting, trying to go deeper into this idea of creation, because deeper I get about the nature of what this is, always comes back as a dream. This is a dream. This is an illusion. Yes. This is an imagination, really, at play. We are imagining this. Yeah. So if we are imagining, then it has not been created yet, which is very interesting when you think about it. Very interesting, but we must understand we use our imagination all the time for good or for for something bad. Right, right. So if we right. become conscious that we right. can dream about something, call it into existence as if it already is using our imagination faculty, which is a faculty that we've received from birth. Think of yourself as a little girl. You imagined, I'm going to marry this pilot and I'm going to have this white picket fence house. I'm going to have a big white race. I'm snow white. You believed it all. At some stage in life, you, we lose that. We lose the ability to dream. And it's yeah. because we become so rational. You know, I always jokingly say, Einstein is a, is a blood relative of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <Because> he said, <laughs> the rational mind is a faithful friend. Mm. And the intuitive mind is a sacred gift. And we've created a society that honors the friends and forgot all about the gift. For some reason, we have believed this false idea that this is supposed to be serious. <laughs> it's exactly. supposed to be rigid and solid and what we want it to be no matter what. And if it doesn't, then we get upset and then, yeah, what do you call, with the H, the hell breaks loose. So it is sad, yeah. If I may, that brings me back to genius. You see, we come from a world that's conditioned us to look at our IQ. And the higher the IQ, the more PhDs I have and right. degrees I have to show and to flash, right. the more I have value. Well, mm. absolutely not true. Your genius is where you start to dream. Because, mm. you know, if you, if you can use your mm. genius, your mind, 
to use your imagination for what it is you want to create, then IQ does not play a role anymore. It is awareness. It is the awareness that you can have, can do, can be anything you set out to do, but stay in alignment with the law. And when I say the law, the universal law, the all-encompassing law of unconditional love. Chapter 6, you say uh, your imperfect imperfection, beautifully said, because that's so true. You talk about that. You have perfect spiritual DNA, right? Yes. You are Absolutely. of God. You are now from God. Yes. So it's here You're now. You're from your mother and father, but you are of God. So every time I speak to you, Valeria, I speak to the versatility of God in your body speaking to me. When you come from love, I may as well listen to God speaking to me through you. Right. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. Absolutely is. And empowering. Yeah, I call that beauty. You're right. And empowering for sure. Yeah, that's true power, isn't it? That's of course. the only power there is. Yes. I love your wisdom. I love your clarity too, Jan. It's just very um, uplifting, but in a sense, in a very peaceful sense, uh, that uplifting the spirit, really. That's what we need to raise that. So I love your message. I love what you do. I love everything about you and <laughs> the way you speak. Everything is like song. It's a song to my ear, really, the, the, the beautiful song. I love when you talk. And your book is very rich. So there are so many topics that we'll be here for a long time discussing them. I mean, I'll talk to you forever, for sure. You talk about comparison, how comparison uh, mm. destroys and it really gets in the way of creativity. So true. Like you have so many topics. That one is a very important one too, because we tend to compare ourselves to others and it never, never works. It never does. Exactly. It cannot because the moment you compare, the moment you compare, you live somebody else's life. And you can only be you. If you want to be authentic, you can only be you. And so many of us live the life of somebody else. Yeah of the masses, of a mother and a father, of a grandmother, grandfather, because we live with a code which became our truth in that first seven years. And then we grow up and we we feel almost a sense of discontent with ourselves. And then what we do, we we start following the mainstream, the masses. There's a scripture in Romans 12, I think, in the Bible that says, do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So you get to choose who you want to be. And that is authenticity. Comparison can't bring you there. If you don't run a race, don't compare. (laughs) Yes, yeah. That's a a very important message that sometimes it takes, unfortunately, experience like suffering to understand. And I often wonder why we need to go through suffering if we can learn these lessons from each other. We can. Oh, honey, every butterfly goes through darkness first. Right. Every butterfly is first a caterpillar, sits in the darkness about to give up. And then that cocoon open and they spread their wings. Wow. So there's no way out of that, my, yeah, in a way, a suffering. Exactly. Yeah. Every, every seed you plant is first in the dark soil, never to be seen, and then 
that little sprout comes out, and then it becomes a beautiful flower. That's how life works, that's transformation. And the pain is caused by the ego, thinking mm. we can't let go, holding on to what is not ours, mm. not trusting source, not trusting that this is the path, because it's so dark. Right. But after dark mm. comes light. Oh, I love that what you just said about the pain comes from holding on. And well, what is not, right? What is not us? It's heavy. Correct. It's resistance. It's resistance yeah. to what spirit wants us to be. Thank you so much, Jan. Yeah, it's just beautiful <laughs> to listen Thank to you, you and to have this conversation. So your book, as I said earlier, it's very rich. It has so much to teach and to share, so much beauty really in it. For anyone, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of love. I love chapter 11 because you actually spell that, return to love. <laughs> and yes. that's what we need to do ultimately. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I enjoy this book. I enjoy having conversations about it. Thank you. I feel very, very honored, Valeria. Thank you, Jan. And before we say goodbye, I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Oh, I'd love <laughs> to read a passage. Let me go to answer that question that you've asked about why don't we, some of us, give up and I'd like to quote from chapter 15, yeah. which is titled, What We Don't Go For, We Say No For. Yeah. Viktor Frankl wrote the following, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. I love that part. So I'm going to read from, if I may, from page 189, understanding how we think when we read self-help books and the almost too good to be true manifestations the authors testified to and which I have also experienced and shared with you in this book may just be heart challenging and what is meant for you on your unique journey. I get that you may have read several self-help books. You may have even thought this is just another one like those you read before. This brings me to the purpose for this particular chapter. I know that I could inspire you even more to do the work relentlessly and with anticipation by sharing a few testimonies of clients I've taken through this very same process over the past three years. So with the intention to motivate you in mind, I set I sent out an email to a few of my clients randomly and requested them to tell you about the experiences. And so just continue to say that those came in and the testimonies that, that I got in the book. And I really would like to read just one or two testimonies because I want the listener to know one thing. What is available to one is available to all. And that's so important for us to start to understand deeply. So I want to read the testimony yeah. of Arthur on page 201. 
he wrote, he said, I've never really been a person who's prone to following or listening to feel-good, uplifting themes. My life was one filled with facts and reality, one of getting things done and taking care of responsibility. There were times I tried seeing a psychologist, but these interactions served to confirm that these touchy-feely professions were a waste of time for me. I smile when I read that. It's so typical male energy. (laughs) (laughs) So when when I met Young through my work as a principal officer of the Standard Bank Namibia Retirement Fund, I never realized the personal challenges he faced. He always presented a professional facade and came across as having his life under control, so to say. And you can see in that, Valeria, the mask that we left behind. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm so familiar with it. Yeah. Little did I realize, Arthur writes, that when he told me he was attending an event one weekend that cut short his participation in a business trip, that this was part of his seeking for his own personal salvation. Jan's journey somehow became my journey. As he started working with people following his own journey, Jan regularly invited me to interact with him through coaching. I dare say he tempted me. (laughs) However, given my reality, I politely declined. Until that is, my family and I decided to emigrate, emigrate to Canada. Our decision caused my daughter some trauma. She would be leaving behind her life in Vintuk, Namibia, and taking up new challenges in Vancouver. This caused her much anger, anguish, and sadness. As her parents, my wife and I tried everything we could to help her with the transition, but to little avail. Isabella remained angry and sad. Then I remembered Jan's invitation to me, and I decided to take take up his offer, but not for me, for my daughter. So, of course, we went to see Jan. Little did I realize that not only would Jan help Isabella way beyond what we were expecting, in that he was able to reach her in a way no one else could and give her tools to face not only our move to Canada, but also the rest of her life. But he would trigger my curiosity around life coaching, realizing how amazing this information is. I was drawn toward taking up Jan's offer for myself. However, because my time in Vintuk was drawing to an end, I only met Jan a few times, but these visits led me to his to uh, led me to join his dream building or builder course. Once we had settled in our new home in Vancouver, I started the course. I found that the principles were somewhat touchy feely for me to fully grasp. But what was happening was that I was starting to get in touch with myself more fully. Through his dream builder course, I started to understand and become aware of how I was suppressed. I had suppressed many aspects of my own life and experiences and had become a human doing. I realized that I had been avoiding myself, my own life and my experiences. I was living a subconscious life. Jan's guidance through the Dream Builder course awakened a strong desire for me to know more, become more alive, more in tune with what I was created to be so much so that I enrolled to study life coaching at a college in in Vancouver. And so he's a wonderful, wonderful coach today. That's a beautiful friend of mine. We became friends. His daughter, Isabella, came to visit me with a trip back to Vintuk. 
And you know what? She's studying psychology. I love, <laughs> love, love the ripple effect, Valeria. Right, you right. Love this. Exactly. That's what it happens when we open up to life itself and in our, finally, ourselves. That's what happens. The transformation around us automatically happens. It's unavoidable, isn't it? It's impossible yes, it not to happen because we are all connected. There's no separation. I keep saying that because it's, it feels so true, though. This no separation idea. I know that the mind is like, oh, what are you saying? It doesn't make sense. But it, at that level, maybe beyond the mind, it makes perfect sense that everything's of connected. Course. Yeah. Of course. And you know, statistically, we, have, we, we affect a hundred people around us every day with our energy, oh, without wow. even saying something. Right. So imagine this father going to his little girl, bring her to me. And I remember I sat with her on this very couch. We had a deep conversation when we started. Today, she's doing the work that I'm doing. You know, she's yeah. she's believing in my work. She's believing in herself. And she became this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. And only through a little bit of work, and, and she inspired her father, mm. Also, you know, it's amazing. It's, it's just amazing. Energy travels. It's never static. It's never stale. Thank you so much again. But before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Um, Valeria, my website is um, limit-lesslife.com. I also, um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. My Instagram handle is jan.grobler7. They'll find me there. Anyone can find me there. And then, of course, on Facebook, Limit hyphen Less Life, or on the book page on Facebook, which is obviously called Get the Hell Out of Your Own Way. Any of those forums, I um, am able to, to share material, and I love sharing. I love where my mind goes to share that with people. And of course, contact me, email me, reach out on the website, click on, on you know, a strategy session, which is completely free. And let's chat. Let's get people connected with one another. I love, love, love networking. Beautiful tool to spread the love. Thank you so much again, yeah, for your presence, your wisdom, your work, and everything else in between. Thank you, Valeria. Thank you so much for having me and for the amazing work that you are doing, taking love across the planet with what you do. Thank you for the encouragement. And we'll be in touch soon, for sure. Take good care. Definitely. Bye you for too. now. Yeah. Stay blessed. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jan Hobla and his work, please visit limit-lesslife.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.